Yo guys, what is up? Welcome to another episode of The Daily J. In this particular episode, we're going to go through an infield report, and it's a bit of a breakdown of kind of what happened in this interaction, so that way I can really set the foundation for what it is you're going to be learning today. So we're going to go through, one, the power of justifications and why they're so important. Two, creating likability with someone that you, when you first meet them. Three, what is comfort? Four, what is attraction? Five, demystifying some misconceptions of game. I hope you find it useful. I hope you find it valuable. Let's get into the episode. That already running? Awesome. We got that running too. So this is amazing. Cool. So you know what's interesting? Um, I like to start these off as always with a story because I feel like it really illustrates the point uh, quite well. So remember I was telling you guys um, that I got, into an, I got into an argument with another dating expert and he was like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, man, because you don't know. You know, if the girl, if the girl isn't attracted to you, she's not gonna listen to anything you have to say. You have to have some type of value or attraction to be able to generate the interest. And I'm like, in my head, I'm going, what the fuck's he talking about? I know that to not be true. I'm like, if someone doesn't feel comfortable with you, they have no reason to comply. Like, com like we're not like to se we need to, if we're separating interest, like physical attractive interest, and we're separating interest actually in the person. Those are two entirely different things. Those are two separate camps of things. One actually is that's what we call physical attractiveness that goes into that category over here, or what we like to call investment, or the category that comes over to the left over here, which is the the interest side and interest from a conversational perspective well because people are very um, very selfish people and they're very self-interested by nature as human beings were exceptionally altruistic so i want to give you guys a story that's gonna illustrate this point it's gonna illustrate a little bit better i got my uh got my bulletproof coffee here so you can tell i can i'm a little i'm a little on today just fired up so remember having this student um had this had this uh, student a few years ago he has this girl, super cute girl. You know, she's yay high. You know, has got nice brushes and wear much clothing. The girl's she's super fucking cute. And he uh, he gets on he gets on the phone with his girlfriend at the time, and uh, you know they're they're discussing things back and forth or whatever. He's ask he's asking her about hey you know I uh, you know can you can you come meet me to go do this thing or whatever on Wednesday or Thursday. And the girl says no, that she can or whatever um, because of some reason. And he happens to get off the fucking phone and he's like, man, fuck this shit. And I'm like, yo, I'm like, so, what, so what's going on? He's like, my girlfriend's being, my, my girlfriend's being a bitch. I'm like, uh, how's she being a bitch? Um, you know, she's, she's giving me some kind of fucking shit test. She's giving you a shit test? What's supposedly the shit test? You know, she's got some shit about the fact she's got some fucking exam that she's got to fucking revise for. You know, like, so fuck that shit. I'm done with her. Like, and I'm like, dude, um, I don't think that's a shit test. Like, she's a college student, right? Yeah. And you know, it's exam week, right? Yeah, he's like, you know what, dude, no, don't, don't, don't worry about that. He's like, uh, trust me, man, I know. He said, that shit's a fucking shit test. He said, I know what the fuck I'm going to do to that. I'm going to fucking punish that shit. And I'm going to make her crawl back to me. And I'm like, dude, she's got to revise for a test. That's not a shit test. She's a fucking college student. She's got an exam. Just fucking schedule for after exam week. Just schedule it that way. And he's like, nah, because I'm buying in her frame. 
What, are you, what, are you, what, are you, what the fuck are you talking about? What are you going on about? You buying into her fucking frame. You don't even know what the fuck a frame is. You're just using some fucking community term. And he's like, yeah, I bet she's a fucking lesbian anyways. And I'm like, Jesus, Jesus. Like, dude, that's not, she's not, that's not a shit test. Like, specifically, she just has a test she needs to revise for. She's got a legitimate objection as to why she can't meet you. And you were telling me it is a fucking shit test. And you're like, dude, and just trust me, man, I don't I know, I know what I'm doing. If it if, if she was attracted to me, it doesn't fucking matter. If she if she was attracted to me, she would just do what the fuck I wanted. And I'm like, dude, no, she just got priorities that she would expect you to understand. That's the normal, rational fucking response. Bro, like, that has nothing to do with the fact that she's not attracted. If she's attracted to you, it has nothing to do with the fact of like if she has a real legitimate fucking reason, she's going to have to cancel. She's going to have to flake on you. Especially if she's she told you. She you she you you know her schedule. So why would you expect her to break your plans to say effectively you are more important than those plans when she's going to school? You're best saying she's more important than her education. You know, this is you need to have a little empathy there. Um give another story. So we're, we're out. We're out last night. We go out last night. Um, we've got two, I've got two. I've got two. Got two of the guys I'm working with right now that are with me, and we happen to see two other uh, two other community guys um, that are that are that are you know they're they're in the same they're in the same venue kind of doing a little game right, and uh, didn't realize the guy happened to be a community guy until later. I over I overheard their conversation. I knew they were dropping community jargon, which let me know that they were community guys. I said, okay, these guys are pickup guys. I, I can I can learn by the jargon. I, I know they're pickup guys. And what made it really obvious was the fact that they were sitting in the corner by themselves, which made it quite odd. like they and they weren't talking to anybody. So like between those things it gave me the 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 uh the 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 snapshot judgment of oh these are community guys that are quite new and they don't know anybody they're unfamiliar with this place that's why they're running around doing the fucking bobblehead and trying to like find the nearest interaction for them to go fucking sniper fire they're approaching so they go up to the, they go up to these two girls um they're actually the first guy goes with this girl uh I, we happen to go in whatever my boy happens to know him so we shake hands, you know, swap names, and end up sitting down because the, one of the girls that, that he's talking to, uh, she happens to work for, for Match. So we're just having, like, really good discussion about, like, uh, online dating and her thoughts about it. I have to leave to go grab water, so, like, I leave for a bit. Um, and uh, my other boy's having a deep conversation with her about, like, her, you know, things she's interested in, like, her dating life because she works for Match. So it's just we got onto the topic now um, organically. I'm talking to the girls behind the bar, asking them how their day is going, um, what their plans for Halloween's are, what they're gonna like dress up as. Um, you know, one girl saying, "Oh, she's just tired because she's got to study or whatever," and then I ask her about what, and we just have like a discussion about like social psych, psychology, like the this, the the psychological journals that she's been reading on since she wants to be like a, a clinical sex therapist. We're just having that discussion, and uh, this is a girl who I usually just get a lot of free drinks from, and it's just because of the fact that I just built commonalities with her. That's all I've done is just like no real attraction. She just built immediate commonality that she can relate to. And there's immediately like a likability and this trust that's there, the familiarity, because of the, uh, the rapport that's been built. So go back to the interaction, uh, talk, to, talk to the girl, whatever. Uh, she ends up leaving because she has some events to go to. So we're just kind of going around the room like trying to, to you know, kind of meet people and create some social proof for ourselves, which is one of the key core things I teach in terms of being able to build comfort quite quickly, which is having pre-selection and social proof. Um, the same two guys, I see them talk to like these two like stunningly good-looking girls. These girls are like... To the letter, my exact physical type. Like, so for those of you guys that don't know, like, I have a thing for models. Like, if a girl's got a thigh gap, she's 5'9", she's really good looking. Like, I'm like, I'm, oh, 
like I go like full retard mode. Like I'm like, you know, the, there's a, there, Luke has a saying, there's a green light, a yellow light, and a red light. Like these girls were fucking green light girls. For, the, for those of you guys that don't know, like green light is like a girl you fucking, you tell everybody. And you'd be like, yo, I totally hit that shit, right? Uh, a yellow light is like, you would fuck her, but you wouldn't tell a soul. People are like, you hit that shit? I'd be like, no, what the fuck are you talking about? Dude, so good, so good, right? Then there's like the last girl, which is like the red light. The red light girl's like, I wouldn't fuck her with your dick, right? So um, these girls were most definitely green light. They were like, the, like such my exact physical type. Um, the guys go and start talking to them. I'm actually looking, overlooking and looking at the interaction. And I can see everything that they are doing wrong. They're not locked in. They chose the most worst position to have a conversation with the girls at because that where, they, where they're going to go stand and talk to the girls is like a high traffic point and people are going to have to walk by and budge them and move them out of the way to, um, to, to get to where they need to go, which means they're going to start causing um, external interrupts in the interaction just and the girls are going to get uncomfortable being bumped after enough times that the interaction is going to just blow itself out just because they're going to become uncomfortable. Right? There's an old saying like you want to collect the 30 seconds or you want to collect the 30 seconds of awkwardness to avoid the 30 minutes of awkwardness. So they need to logistically move the interaction to a place where they can actually have a real conversation with the girls because the girls were nice. They were friendly. They go in. They don't really do that. Um, I can tell they're breaking rapport. The girls are having like a, the girls are laughing. There's something that, that's, that's funny about what they're saying. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I don't see any, I didn't, like, they were trying, those, no, breaks report are, like, attraction spikes, and I'm like, they need to break more rapport in order to be able to, like, trigger the investment from the girls. You start seeing the girls talk, the guy happens to start talking way more than the girl does. I can see it because I can see her look, looking, listening, and doing uh, the, the nodding gesture, like, keep going, and he's, and then he starts breaking so much rapport, I can tell him, like, he's on the verge of becoming, like, that clown, where, like, he's breaking too much rapport, and he's actually going and build, like, a solid connection with the girl, because this interaction is going to end up not going anywhere really fucking fast, so, um, they're going into those interactions, the interaction ends up fizzling out, and I'm like, the interaction fizzled out because they, sh they didn't move them, they should have sat them down, so with a justified reason, focus on building rapport and finding commonalities with the girl quite quickly, if they found commonalities, that set probably might have actually stuck, because of the fact that girls would have liked talking to you, more than anything else because of the fact she's enjoying the conversation because she wants to have it. Like if you guys remember the live stream I did about the power of qualification, um, when people, when you want to, you, you can have a good conversation, you can have a bad one. We wanted to qualify our, the words that we say and ask very specific questions that engage a girl in a conversation that she wants to talk about. Like a lot of guys think that girls don't speak. Girls love to actually speak if they're having a conversation they want to have. If they're on a conversation they are actually enjoying with a person, they will continue to open up and they will continue to speak. These guys didn't get that. That's why that set actually went to shit. You can be funny all day long, but that's like you got to keep running with that fucking train of like try to be more funny, then more funny. Then you become like the entertaining dancing monkey and that doesn't help you in any way, shape, or form. She's like, tell another joke because now she starts to think you're a fucking comedian. She thinks you're like doing a bit. And now you're stuck because she sees you as that guy who's, who's the guy for entertainment, not as someone she wants to like um, potentially either date or develop a real connect, uh, emotional connection with. So um, the, uh, the guys end up leaving the interaction. And then the promoter walks in, starts talking to the, ex, to the same girls. He goes in and he's trying to convince these girls they need to come to some model party. And he is cajoling. And because uh, everything about his body language is qualifying and is seeking rapport. I can see it. And I'm going, oh, he's seeking rapport to convince these girls to go do something. And the girls are just like, they're like, they're doing these gestures, these dissonance gestures, like, no, no, we're okay, we're okay, we're totally fine. And she's like, she's doing this kind of look of like, I can tell like they're not comfortable. 
and that's why they're not going to comply. And I'm like, he's trying to qualify more and more through his body language that what he's saying is legit, that they should just come to this place. And I didn't know. It actually was a promoter that we knew. So the girls walk by and I go, hey, really quick, I just want to ask you, what the fuck was that guy saying to you? Because you just seemed like you really weren't having it. And the girls, like, they laugh really quick, but then they, 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 I can tell they didn't get exactly what I was saying. So I'm like, um, oh, do you understand me? And they were like, no. And I was like, because they couldn't hear because the music was behind them. So then I, I repeat what I was saying. And then um, they actually get it. And then they start explaining that he was trying to invite them to some agency model party. He was trying to take them there. And the girls just were like, no, they, they didn't want to go. Uh, come to find out these girls were both, uh, were both ex-models that were signed in Germany. And uh, they actually had got out of the industry. And they have like a really bad taste in their mouth about like modeling as just a whole. Like they've been modeling since they were, like, uh, they were 14. And they, the whole industry is like, it's, it's really fucked. So I was like, it's, you know, um, we have a, like a common, a common out at that point. And we start talking to the girls. The girls are standing above us. We're sitting down. They're standing above us. These girls are exceptionally fucking tall. I noticed there's going to be two problems that are going to happen. If they stand above us for that long, physically, they're going to start becoming really uncomfortable. And I need them not to match head height. So um, two, if they're standing and they're like they're craning over, that's going to start causing problems in the neck. And that problem, those stress are, stressors are coming into the neck. Cortisol is going to raise, which is the fear response. That's going to make them uncomfortable. Between that and then the pain of, of them standing over us, they're going to end up being like, oh, we totally have to go. So I'm like, if I want this set to go anywhere, I need them to like, I need to sit them down to be able to match head height, to move them out of the high traffic area that's right by the patio, and I need to specifically sit them down sitting next to us and just give them a justified reason to do that. So I say, hey, um, you know, like, I love what you, I'm like, yo, like, I love what the fuck you're saying, but I really can't hear you. I was like... Uh, just sit down for two seconds so I can hear what you're saying. Just sit down for two seconds so I can hear what you're saying. It's not going to be a problem. Just two seconds. And I have them sit down. Um, and so I scoot over. I move. I move. Uh, my boy is next to me. Sit down. Have them sit down next to us and immediately start engaging in a, into an interaction with them. As we engage um, in the interaction, it's it's going it's going it's going like well. It's going it's going well enough. From a, uh, she doesn't think we're a fucking weirdo. She doesn't think we're a rapist. Cause so we we um, we start you know building the commonalities on like off of being an agency model and like they talk about it, but they're not really invested in it. Now the one girl that's happened to be sitting next to me that's like exactly my physical type happens to be really into deep techno. I don't know shit about deep techno. Now what's funny is that my 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 uh, my my student that's sitting next to me actually knows a fucking grip. So she starts to light the fuck up, and I'm going fuck. This is amazing. The only problem is I don't know anything about deep techno, so I really have nothing to add to this conversation. I'm just sitting there, and like me and her friend are having this, this like looking at each other like this, um, and I'm like, and like I don't know shit about it, and like we're like I'm building a comedy with her, like we don't know shit about this. She just she's you know more like uh, it's into hip hop, like that that's her more of her scene, like. So my wing and her are uh, so this is how we're seated, my uh, my wing, me. Her and her friend, or her, her, and her friend is like right here, like in front of us, because the way the table was set up was that way. And I'm like, fuck, I'm like, I can't have all this cross talking. This is gonna be a problem at some point. Um, but I'm like, I'm, I, the reason I didn't really like force for the move is because the girl that's in front of me has a wedding ring on. I look at her hand and I'm saying, oh shit, I think she's married or engaged because that type of band looks pretty expensive. Especially because with what she was wearing, like this girl had like a like a Gucci belt on, like um, this like lace top. Like she looks like a highly fashionable girl. Like you can tell, like this girl spends a lot of money to take care of herself. And I'm like, okay, this girl has some level of money to take care of herself, which tells me to some degree that like 
She's somewhat well established. Then the other girl, I'm looking at her, and I can tell like they're you know they look like models, and they come to find out they were um, ex agency models. So I'm like, it explains why they're so fashionable, and explains why they happen to look so good. They happen to be on vacation. So I start immediately like trying to go through like some of the logistical questions because I want to find out is this going to be a good interaction for me to be able to possibly go home with these girls because they're only here for one more day, and like they're my fucking type. Like why the fuck would I let that interaction go? So we sit there and uh, we keep talking. And I start noticing like uh, Sam has uh, a comfort with the girl and has like he's built commonalities. But the thing is I don't. And I'm like that's actually the type that like the girl I'm going after. So I'm like I don't really know um, like what I can really do here. So I'm going – I'm thinking in my head. I'm like okay. I'm just going to listen and keep relating. But I'm like I need to find something else that I can build a commonality around. And this girl starts like kind of like it's like giving me like giving me shit, and she's not giving me shit because she's a bitch. She's just really fucking smart. So she's um, she's being really sarcastic, and in my mind I'm like, okay, she's being sarcastic, and like it's fine. I actually can work with that because I can't work with indifference, but I can work with that. I can work with that type of emotion. Um, so I just sit back, and she's literally giving me a run for my fucking money, and I just keep trying to find commonalities, keep keep finding commonalities. Eventually, after 45 minutes in the fucking interaction, I find a commonality. The commonality I find is that she's a heavy reader, and she reads. She, like, she's a heavy reader, reads quite often, and she's into novels. Like she's into like um, you know Chaucer, Conta, uh, Chaucer, uh, the Canterbury Tales, um, To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. We're talking about um, like other authors that she's into. Um, Ernest Hemingway. Um, we start talking about like philosophy. Uh, you know Nietzsche. Um, uh, we, she's you know interested in some different psychology books. And what was some of the other comedy? It was like specifically off of book titles, like real book titles, like the, the required reading that you have to like go through in high school, like those real deep books that have a lot of like philosophical and they have like a lot of like moral meanings at the end of them, which is why they write the books because they're trying to make you like swallow something that's hard in order to, to get you to believe a certain view about something about the world. We start building a commonality on that. Right at that moment, there's a shift where it's like she was like – it was like kind of cool before. Like, I could tell, like, it was just a friendly interaction. It really wouldn't have went anywhere because I would, really wouldn't have connected with her about something. When we find that commonality, her body language turns. She starts to turn immediately towards me. She, she, she locks herself into the interaction. And I'm like, I have just reached a real commonality with this girl. I can tell now, like, I can, I, like, I can really get somewhere now. Now I can break rapport because I've got a real commonality that she genuinely fucking cares about. And now I can break rapport and, like, build that I tracked from that fucking point. No, this is the point. No, this is that's the whole argument I wanted to make. Is that if someone isn't comfortable with you, they are not going to allow you to fucking attract them. And this is the point that I had to argue with this other dating instructor was the fact that if someone doesn't trust you, they are not going to lie to attract them. I like to I want you to imagine that you've got a super pretty girl. She's hot. She is your fucking physical type. She's sexy as fuck, right? And now she um she goes, Hey, um, I think you're super cute. And I want you to come down this dark alley. But the dark alley looks like a place that someone would get murdered. I'm talking about one of them dark-ass Brooklyn alleys. Or one of the alleys that are in Detroit. The ones that you see like in them old 80s fucking movies. Or like the movies like with Dick Jackie Chan. Where you can tell like... Or like the, the alleys that you'd see in Chicago and like Ninja Turtles. Where like the Foot Clan would fucking be jumping the fuck out and shit. With like, you know, fucking swords and shurikens and shit. And like those alleys. 
I want to ask you, how comfortable would you be to go down that dark alley? She's like, hey, I find you super fucking cute. And you were like, I find you super fucking sexy. And she goes, come down this dark alley. And she's in the dark alley. She's not outside of it. She's deep in there. Like, how comfortable are you going to be to go down that dark alley? I'm pretty sure if I were to do, do a consensus poll about, like, everyone that's tuning in here, I would imagine that more than likely none of you motherfuckers would be comfortable going down that fucking dark alley. You'd be like this. You know what? You were sexy as fuck. Can you come out the dark alley? Can you, can you, can you come a little bit in more into the light? Why? Because you don't feel comfortable. You don't feel safe. You're attracted to her. You are sexually very attracted to her. But that attraction doesn't mean shit. That feeling doesn't mean shit. It does not mean enough to you for you to go down that fucking dark alley. Now, there's some motherfuckers that are crazy. They're like, yeah, fuck that. You fuck that. She's got a pussy. She's got a face. Going down that fucking dark alley. She's got... What? Dude, she's fucking hot. What the fuck? She's... They go. No problem. Niggas that are normal, they're like, uh-uh. Nah, fuck all that shit. I'm good. Nope. I ain't trying to get jumped. I ain't trying to get stabbed. I ain't trying to have no rat or some snake come fucking bite me. I'm good. I ain't going down that fucking alley. If you ain't coming out this fucking alley, talk to you later. But this is what people think. People think about this shit all the time. So, what is comfort? And the other one, what is attraction? So, comfort is trust and rapport. Now, rapport is what we like to call, like, um, particularly, like, commonalities and similarities, right? So, we always, as human beings, we have justified reasons as to why we keep in touch with anybody. So, I want you to imagine, right? You meet, um, you literally meet a, you meet a, oh, you meet the person from your local grocery store, right? You're sitting there talking to that person. You guys talk every single day that you, that you see them. You go in, you know, you pick up your stuff from like Fresh and Easy or Aldo or one of these places. You buy your stuff, you talk to them, you know, you have a joke with them, then you leave, right? You probably have no reason to keep in touch with you and that grocery clerk. But say all of a sudden, say all of a sudden, you go. You get ready to go on a vacation to Australia. Just, so you're getting ready to go. You start telling the clerk that, that you know that you buy your gro your weekly grocery and that you're getting ready to go on that trip. And then your grocery goes, oh my God, that's crazy. Where are you going to go? And they're like, um, I'm going to be going here. And you're like, oh, that's, that's crazy. And you're like, why is that crazy? I'm actually going to be going there exactly at that same time. Now, how much more likely are you guys to go ahead and keep in touch? How much more likely are you guys to go ahead and keep in touch? Right? Because look, you both are from America. You're going to be going to Australia. You both don't know anybody. You know... You're, you're trying to figure out your lodging and the logistics of where you're going to be going, where you're going to be staying, where they should go, right? You're probably going to keep in touch with that person because you're going to leave at the same time, right? And say hypothetically, you guys are even fly, flying out on the same airline. You probably want to try to get seats next to each other. You probably would try to keep in touch. You're probably going to want to hang out the whole time that you're fucking there, right? If you, now, it doesn't mean you're attracted to this person, but it does mean that you have a justified reason initially to keep in touch with this person. And now you see this person in a totally different light than you would have of just being your average grocery clerk. Why? Because you have a commonality. Let's say hypothetically you didn't even fucking know the grocery was going to go because you didn't mention it to him. Then you landed, you touched down in fucking Australia. You touch down in Australia, you go out to this bar one night. You don't know anybody in the whole fucking place. But then you end up finding that same grocer while you were there in that same bar. And you'd be like, oh my God, like, yo, like, yo, uh, yo Jenny, is that you? And she'd be like, oh my God, hey, what the fuck are you doing? You'd be like, yeah, I'm on vacation. She's like, well, how long are you here for? Like, oh yeah, I'm actually here for a month. She goes, oh my God, me too. When did you just land? Or like a few days ago. Well, me too. Also, where are you staying at? Oh, I'm like staying here in this area. So like you guys are both staying near the same, near, you're staying within the same six blocks of each other. You were just at the same bar. You know her from the United States. You guys have an immediate commonality. Why? You're both in Australia. You're both Americans. You both don't know anybody in Australia. It's just you two. How much more likely are you guys to like hang out 
all the fucking time and to keep in touch all the fucking time just because of the fact of the logistics and the infrastructure was in place for you guys to have commonalities. You're both in America. You're both in Australia. You both don't know anybody. You both just land at the same time and you're both staying within the same six blocks of each other. If you think about it from a justified reason, from a, from a, propink, from a propinquity term, which is just what we call physical nearness, you're much more likely to, to generate an interaction with this person because it's a justified reason for it to happen. They did studies into propinquity where they looked at married couples and they specifically, um, they, they, they saw that before these, uh, before these married couples were married, they lived within six blocks of each other before they were married. So when they were dating, they lived within six blocks of each other. So this is, it talks about familiarity and physical nearness. People are more likely to date Providing they come from the same religious affiliations, they come from the same um, uh, social networks, uh, same social circles, they um, have the same, you know, the same same friend groups, uh, religious affiliations, um, work, school, like you know, like the, that. But people that have the same hobbies, the same careers, are more likely to fucking date. Like they even like um, looked at like people when it came to dating. People that live on the same floor are more than likely to end up sleeping together than people that live on a separate floor or people that live in a separate building or happen to live 20 minutes away. Like that's the power of physical nearness. When you live physically near somebody, that's why logistics is so powerful because it makes it easy for you to go ahead and create a commonality and similarity between you and the other person that you were talking to. Creating physical nearness and forcing those type of situations to happen, like the create this, this serendipitous fucking effect for an interaction and a friendship to be brokered. All attraction has to be brokered from a friendship first. Friendship first. When we start talking about interpersonal attraction, Right, this is what they call it again from the scientific perspective. Attraction, like the, the most most attraction theory that you read about in the community, actually comes from what's what's called arousal theory. So they don't see uh, scientists don't see attraction as like attraction itself. They actually see attraction the way we define it in the community as arousal. They see it as a heightened emotional state. The state gets heightened, and the, when the state is heightened, people are more susceptible to influence. Right, so. Arousal doesn't really mean shit. Just like when you get horny, horniness doesn't mean a damn thing. Horniness can be transferred to anybody. How many times you have been out to a club? You girl, you start talking to a girl. She's like, oh my God, you were fucking sexy. You were like, geez, you were amazing. You got a fucking heart on. You totally want to fuck this girl. And for some reason, she ends up leaving the club early. So now you can't have sex with her. You're horny. You're turned on your aroused. You don't want to go home with blue balls. So what do you do? What do you do? You probably go fuck your fuck buddy. Or you probably go home and masturbate because you were still turned on. Your state is still fucking primed. You want to have sex, right? So you don't want to go home and not have sex. So you probably go call up that fuck buddy. Now, if someone were to ask you from a perspective of game, did your fuck buddy have game for you to go have sex with them? You'd be like, no, I was horny and the girl I wanted to have sex with ended up leaving because she teased me so much. So now I'm fucking the fuck buddy as a consolation prize to get my fucking nut off. This is some of the times that you guys are in that situation. You think that you are getting laid by game, but your vocal tone, your eye contact, your fucking man to woman shit. No, nigga, you're getting laid by happenstance. You were in the right place at the right time and you look familiar enough the girl was getting turned on by somebody else and she happened to she got aroused by somebody else she projects the state on you and you didn't fuck up enough she's horny she's turned on she wants to get fucked you happen to put her into a logistical situation where sex can occur and sex can happen at least where you have the chance of being able to physically escalate on her she's comfortable enough to go back to that place with you you have sex that's not your game I had another student of mine. He like closed this girl or whatever a week ago. Dude, the girl that he ended up closing, the, he, the girl already made up her in her mind she was going out to specifically look for dick to go have sex. He just happened to be the guy that specifically was able to go and turn her on in the right place and the right time at the right interaction to be able to go have sex with her. This girl had like terrible fucking logistics, but because she had made up her mind that she was going to have sex, she had mentally invested in it 
He just happened to be in the right place. That doesn't mean he had the most amazing game. It just means he didn't fuck up enough to where she would say no to having sex. This is like when some guys, the girl wants to fuck and they oversell it. They oversell, um, they, or sorry, they keep selling themselves. So they end up shooting themselves in the foot when it comes to the pull. Because it's like you, you've talked this girl into not wanting to have sex with you. This just happened like a, almost a week and a half ago. See this dude sitting on the couch. He gets too fucking drunk. The girl was super into him. She was making out with him. All up on him. Was into him. The moment he started to be start being weird, he was breaking so much rapport. They ended up severing it. He talked this girl out of having sex with him. Because he started destroying fucking reports, started destroying comfort. So the girl was like, I don't feel safe with this dude. He's fucking weird. He's socially unintelligent. He's uncalibrated. Fuck this dude. Bam. I'm still in touch with the girl. I'm still in touch with the girls. Because why? I had comfort similarities and commonalities with these girls. So they like talking to me. They're like, oh, you actually are fucking cool. You are not fucking weird. Like, now people be like, but like, but like, are you still fucking right now? I'm like, dude, they're going from, they're off from out of town. Like, if they come back, yes, I'm probably going to have like a pretty good chance if I happen to having sex. Why? Because I don't do anything weird, creepy, or like that's going to destroy rapport. The reason I care about rapport most is because it creates a bit of a solid interaction. It creates a, it creates a, a friendship at least to where I can create attraction from. Uh, like, you can get a girl out on a date if she trusts you. You cannot get a girl out on a fucking date if she's just attracted. Like, think about this for a minute. You have a girl. You go make out with her. It gets hot. It gets fucking heavy. It's sexy as fuck. Right? You go ahead, uh, you, uh, maybe you spent like 20 minutes with her. You guys didn't really talk that much, talk about like surface level shit. You guys made out fucking hardcore. You get the fucking number, you call her in three days. How does she feel about you? She probably didn't even fucking remember you, right? Because she thought you were so fucking sexy, she made out with you, right? How many people do you think she probably gave her number out to that night? How many dudes do you think she probably made out with that specific night? So you weren't the only one that she did that shit with. So that means you have no way of initially standing out of her mind, right? You didn't let the time accumulate enough for you to really be able to build some deep commonalities and similarities enough to where you had a justified reason for the number and you had a justified reason specifically for meeting up and you have a, uh, a justified reason that she really believes in and that's based on her commonalities as to invite her out. I just had a student do this exact same thing. I was reading his interaction and I'm like, bro, the girl keeps fucking flaking on you because you're taking on dates that she doesn't want to specifically go to. Bro, every, I saw three or four things that she mentioned to you that she's into. You should have built the date on those things instead of trying to build the date up around something that you want. It's not about you. It's about employing empathy and talking to the girl about things that they want. Why? Because everyone's favorite topic is themselves. 90% of the time I hear people fucking talk, they only talk about themselves. I am probably one of the most deliberate and intentional people possible besides Luke, Adam, and like in Alexander Prime, like some of the guys that I learned from when it comes to my words. There's two purposes for all of my words, to learn as much as I can about her and to build commonalities because I know if I'm talking, I'm not learning. Whoever's doing most of the talking and interaction is doing most of the investing and they're going to want a reward for that investment. It's called the sunk cost principle. Anything that you invest a lot of time and energy into, you're going to want a reward for the amount of investments you've put into that. I want you to think about it this way. Imagine you got your dream car. You got this dream car. It's fucking amazing. We're going to go into the attraction side now. You got a dream car. You take that dream car. It, you, it, you know it's going to cost you about like you know $500,000 to acquire. So that way you work the next 10 years of your life to acquire that dream car. You sell all of your belongings. Right, because you want to get yourself some nest egg capital. You go and take up three jobs. You cut out your social life. You downsize your apartment. You live in this like little like rice mat. You got like two outfits. One for you to go to work, and then one for you to go to, to visit the car dealership on your day off. You don't eat anything besides just top ramen. So you smell like fucking shrimp and shit all the fucking time. You smell like shrimp tempura. You work the next ten years to get the dream car. There's no catch. You drip. The, you get the dream car. You pick it up. You purchase it from the lot. You are happy. You think because when you get this dream car, you're gonna get laid. You get the dream car. You pull up to your house. 
As you pull up to your house, I lied about the catch. You see a car that pulls up alongside of the same one that you just purchased, but this one you won in a contest six months earlier. The cars are exactly the same. There's no difference between either of them. Now you've got gas, insurance, um, and maintenance fees. You can't keep both of the cars. Which one do you sell? Do you sell the one that you've won or do you sell the one that you've worked 10 years for? I would imagine you're probably going to sell the one that you've worked 10 years for. I have asked experts around the world about that exact thing and everyone sells the one that they've won. Why do they sell the one that they've won? The reason they sell the one that they've won is because the one that they've won doesn't mean anything. The one that they worked 10 years for actually means more to them because it's a representation of their time, their energy, the things that they can't get back. The most valuable thing on the planet is time. The second one is money because we make an association of like time and money being intricately linked. I want you to imagine you've got um, your boss goes, hey, buddy, um, you know what? Uh, uh, I need you to work on this project for us. So you take the next two weeks of your life, right, Cause, and you, you sacrifice. You go and you get the project done because they, they say it's really important. So you go to your boss say, hey, boss, I just finished up the project. Um, here it is. You, because, you know, see, so you sacrifice two weeks. You don't go out. You cancel plans with your friends, but you make sure you get the project done. You get it done before the deadline. The boss says, you, hey, buddy, I'm so sorry. We actually took one of your earlier projects because we were in a rush, so we used that one instead. But, you know, you still get credit. You're still getting your same hourly wage. We're actually really fucking happy with you, and thank you so much for helping us. How do you feel? You probably feel like your time was fucking wasted because you're like, what the fuck? I wasted two weeks of my life. I ignored all of my friends to go fucking do this project you said was exceptionally fucking important, and now I can't get that two weeks of my fucking life back. But your boss is happy with you. You get the same hourly wage. They, they love what you did. But you still feel that your time was wasted. Why? Because we value our time. We value anything that we put investment and time into. Right? This is why, like, if I were to ask you to go, like, ask you about your initial dream car, the car that, like, was your first car, I bet you were like, yeah, that car was my baby. You, when, when you ask them about that car that was like their first car they put a lot of money into to maintain and to keep, some of you guys probably still have that car. And you're probably like this. Yo. That car, that's my fucking baby. Because that car's my baby, I fucking work really hard to take care of it. You probably, if someone were to like try to sell it, if you were to sell it, you probably try to sell it for more than initially you purchased it for because of the fact it means that much to you. That's the power of investment. Investment is what real attraction is. It is not arousal. It's not a fucking feeling that can be transferred from fucking person to person. It's fucking getting the person to invest again and again and again and again. And the more that they fucking do that, the more that they're going to want a reward for the thing that they've invested in. Now, initially, sometimes a person's just investing in the status or something that you have, and then it becomes that they keep investing so much that they have to rationalize why they're investing so much. Now, if the girl invests that much into you, she's not going to be like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a status whore who like um, invested because I wanted something to improve my career. She's going to justify, no, I invested because I wanted him. When you get someone to invest to that point, to that degree, they have to ask themselves why they're investing that much into this interaction with this person. And most of the time, they're going to be like, oh, it's because I like them. And if the person thinks in their mind, oh, I'm investing so much because I like them, from a commitment consistency bias, that switch in their brain is just immediately flipped. We're like, they like this person. And then because they have sold themselves on, their idea, on that idea, they now are going to be um, consistent with that. And they're going to start acting very much like they like you. They start being possessed, start being jealous because they like you. So, you said comfort is commonalities and similarities. This is what your job is when you want to get into a conversation. You want to find commonalities, you want to get similarities specifically with this person, right? The more commonalities and similarities that you have with this person, the stronger of a connection, the stronger of a friendship you're going to be able to build between you and this person, right?
Once you build a strong friendship between you and that person, all you need is initially justified reasons to go ahead and keep in touch. You upsell the reason that you're going to be getting. You upsell the reason. Maybe that's a, the place of interest. Maybe it's a, the networking clothes. Maybe it's the party clothes. You got a party you want to invite them to. You upsell that party. You got a place of interest you're going to go ahead and upsell them for specifically um, because you know it's going to be something they're going to specifically enjoy. Um, you got the networking clothes. You got a contact they need to specifically. You're going to upsell that contact. By you upselling that contact, you got a justified reason for you to keep in touch and to get the number with this person. Because you have a justified reason to keep in touch and get the number from this person, boom, you're good. That number is going to be solid. You set a time bridge, specifically within no later than three days between you and them to be able to hang out at some point at a specific date, place, and time. Three days from now. Why? Because you set it more than three days out, There's uh, people tend to forget and they tend to forget about their priorities. The thing that I always tell people to do, if you're going to have to set it for a week out, that's fine. Set it for a week out, get the number, get whatever way you can of getting in touch. And then the thing that you're going to specifically do is you're going to keep in touch with them during that time process. And then from keeping in touch with them that way, you're going to, again, um, by that third day, you're going to, to be checking in with them during that time period to make sure that they remember that that day two is around that, that, that probably day six or day seven. Right, because you're aware that you know the longer that they're out of your sight, out of sight, out of mind, other things can come up and they're gonna forget the priorities that they specifically have with you. Why? Because most people just aren't that organized, and unless people consistently are seeing you, having a discussion with you, and talking with you, they're not really gonna remember the plans that they've made or that they've had with you. Because why? There's other people that are in their life that are going to give them impulsive things that may be funner, that may be better, that they got more trust and familiarity with, and they're going to comply with them. Right? See, and this is the way I was always taught. Whenever you have a compliance issue, it's always not an attraction issue. It's a compliance issue. That means they don't trust you enough. They don't have enough shared experiences and common eyes with you to trust you. You haven't brokered the friendship deep enough in order to garner the compliance from this person. Attraction really is, only, is simply only when the person gets bored. If the person is getting bored and they're looking for another conversation, they're doing like a type one glance around the room where they're looking around all the men in all the room, that's when you break rapport. That's when you need to do the teasing, the absurdification, the, the qualification, the sexual escalation to what? Immediately bring that person back in and bring their attention back to what's important in the interaction. But if you're having a conversation that someone's really fucking enjoying, that, they're, that they really like, by you just building comfort and commonalities alone, you'll have a stronger connection. You won't get any type of LMR. You won't get any last minute resistance. You won't get any anti-slut defense. You will literally, the person will feel safe enough to be able to fucking invest in you. Now, the qualification is a deeper, is a deeper, deeper form of comfort. And that's when you go really, really deep and when the, con the connection really gets built. Because now when you're qualifying, you're actually building attraction and um, comfort literally simultaneously. Because of the fact that you're going deep into their core values, their morals, you're asking about like the things that fuck them up, the things that build character, things that they really care about and enjoy, and their ambitions, dreams, hobbies. You're going, you're asking about regression questions specifically around like who was the person that meant the most to them in their life, uh, when were they, when, you know, what was the, the worst experience of their life. You're building those type of connections, and as you go deep and you ask those really uncomfortable questions, you are slightly making them feel uncomfortable because they are slightly feeling judged by that. That actually is what builds the attraction side. But if they answer that question, they start investing, they're going to now care about what you think and they're going to start to see you as an authority. And you can literally see this in the girl's face. She's going to be like, oh, you know, like this is what was going on here. Like, and this is what I was doing. And I was doing it because of this reason. But I'm like, I'm curious, like, what do you, what do you think? What do you, what do you think? You think that was stupid? She starts soliciting, starts soliciting your specific views about what she did because now she sees you an authority. That's like you are a daddy figure in this person's mind right now. Because now they are qualifying to you. They are seeking rapport with you. They are seeking to appease and seeking to please you. So I'm going to end on that note. I hope that was useful. I hope that was valuable. If there's any specific questions that you guys happen to have, ask them now. If you guys have, uh, so what are the questions that you guys have? Let's go ahead and dive into that. What are some of the questions you guys have that I can specifically help you with?
in regards to understanding the delineation between comfort and the delineation between attraction. How can I specifically help you guys? Let me know. Yo, what's up? What's up, guys? What's up? This is fucking good shit. This is really good shit. Yeah, so like, just put your guys' questions directly in the comment section below, and then we'll go from there. So I gotta actually, I gotta end the the, the podcast. So it'll be like, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna technically end the the the, the podcast. So that way, um, if it, it doesn't seem like I'm ending the live stream. I'm just actually just ending the podcast. So hope that was viable. Hope that was useful for you guys. I'll talk to you guys as always. Thanks again for tuning in. I fuck with you guys hella heavy. You guys know where to find me out on all my platforms. It's at J McDaniel Conto. So at J M A C D A N I E L Conto C O N T O. That's for all my platforms. So I'll talk to you guys later. Love, peace, and chicken grease. Live long and prosper. What is up, guys? I hope you got a lot out of today's episode and you found it extremely viable and gave you some major insights of what to do differently with your own game. That said, give me some feedback. Let me know what you guys thought. You know, send me some clips of what your favorite parts were and where you guys got the most value of it. Again, your guys' feedback is my oxygen. I will be speaking in New York City on the 28th of this month with two other coaches from Lux Life, and we'll be covering killer texts on how to close hotties. If you guys don't know, you can register at Eventbrite. The link to the tickets are below. Just click those tickets. You can go straight there and get them while supplies last. I do look forward to seeing you guys. I look forward to being able to give you guys some crazy tactics, share some stories with you guys, and really just kind of get to know you guys better because I love New York City. It's my favorite place to teach, my favorite place to do conferences as well as free tour. So I'll talk to you guys soon.